Hi everyone, my name is Talia Smith and I am the curator for the 2020 Churchy Emerging Art Prize. This evening I have with me artist Athena Thebus. Hi Athena. Hello, so lovely to be here, thanks for having me. Um, to start, I was wondering if you could please talk us through the work that you've created for the Churchy. Okay, so the work is based on the biblical story of Sodom and Gomorrah, um, but mainly Sodom and um, and the story of Lot and his family. So angels appear to Lot um, and urge him to flee the city on the condition, and they'll they'll have a safe passage out if um, on the only condition that they never look back. And Lot's wife, you know, as they're fleeing, takes one last look at the burning, sinful city of Sodom, um, and she turns into a pillar of salt. Um, and I was always really drawn to that story because. God, what a punish, you know? Um, and also Sodom sounded like so much fun. Um, and the work I've made is um, is trying to capture that moment, you know, of Lot's wife being so driven and, you know, uncontrollably like taken by desire and, you know, will risk it all. Mm -hmm. um, and trying to capture that moment before she turns into a pillar of salt. So she's looking back um, and in the image, it is my girlfriend, Chloe, uh, and she has a tattoo of throne angels on her back. Um, and Oh, the image is also a wallpaper. Sorry, I should clarify that. It's quite big. Uh, and the border is, um, the image is framed by a border of burning hot columns. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very beautiful. It's a great image. Um, it, and I know you've collabed uh, with Chloe a couple of times now. Uh, yeah. Was there a particular reason using Chloe in this work, or is it just that you enjoy working with each other and you know in general when you? Or was there a particular reason why you wanted Chloe? You know, um, I think we have a really similar sense of drama, and we're very much drawn by similar things, um, and so it made sense for her to be part of this work. And yeah, those were the main reasons. Mm. Also, I knew that she would be able to deliver that look back, you know, drama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> it's, it's obvious that she's comfortable with you, you know, like, yeah. comfortable in doing that, which is very hard when you're working with, you know, like a model or not just a friend or whatever. So I think that relationship... I use, like, um, people that I'm, like, intimate with mm. uh, and my, you know, my friends and my family and my work, just because you can get that closeness yeah yeah and that comfort level right like mm. people kind of are more vulnerable with you i feel like totally because there's quite like even though she's looking back and she's incredibly um taken with this idea of looking back at the city even though she's not supposed to and you know bad 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 don't do it but there's also this like really beautiful vulnerability in that um she brings as chloe especially in the image it's um so it's like it's this quite cool or kind of like powerful parallel, you know, it's the sort of like, she desperately wants it, but she's also like scared of what she wants. That's kind of what I feel. Yes, yes, totally. Having a cross, yeah. I mean, that's what I love about having a crush, is that like, um, it, you're so propelled by, you know, this person or this thing or something. Um, but it also, it can make you feel so big and then so small at the same time. Mm, mm. Well, that's why they call it crush, because sometimes it crushes you. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Crushes always crush. They always, 
<laughs> never make them more than a crush. They will destroy you. But um, I was, you know, you describe your work as, as exploring ideas of desire and, you know, as myself growing up um, as a brown body and a more, not a standard beauty, I guess, you know, idealized body shape and all of that. I struggled a lot with um, my own interpretations of my desire. And I feel like actually for a long time, I didn't listen to what I even really wanted or was too scared to explore what I wanted, whether that is something sexually or emotionally or in a job or a career, you know, like I just didn't have that kind of confidence. Um, I was interested in sort of like how you explore desire and what you sort of think about the politicization of desire that sort of happens now, you know, like we're often told it's a bad thing to want. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, queer bodies. We never get to see queer bodies doing what they want or exploring what they want. Mm -hmm. um, you know, plus size bodies are the same. We barely ever get to see them um, embracing who they are and actually just being like, yeah, it's me. You know, like I want this. I love it. What's mm. the that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I can recall like two very clear moments. Um, so when I was nine, my mom wrote on my whiteboard in my bedroom in permanent marker, determination plus desire equals success, which is such a, what a statement. Mm. And I think, you know, she, she's Filipino, she's an immigrant to Australia. I think that quote, really that quotation, that equation, sorry, really, I think that that's, of course that drove her like her, her Filipino immigrant experience, you know, of, of, um, of that hustle and like, what do you desire? How do you get it? And those are, those are the two, those are the two forces that, that will ensure your success. Um, and I was like, God, I love, I love that, that desire can be such a motivating force. I can really, it can drive you. Um, and I think, you know, that's so beautiful. Um, also Stainy, recently about two three years ago she she was like don't ever be motivated by fear guilt or shame and mm -hmm. I was like true those things do have a terrible motivating force and they always motivate you to do something that you don't really want to do mm -hmm. um, and I was like so what I want to be motivated by and I'm just like of course I want to be motivated by motivated by my desire by what I desire mm -hmm. um, and you know as queer people, I don't know, I, I guess I think less and less about it now. But I think now that I think, you know, I think of like the ideal world that I want to live in. Mm. And recently it's like, I don't, I want to live in a world where there are no prisons. You know, like you get that, you, you think of like the biggest picture first and you're like, that's what I desire. And then now my, you know, my interpersonal relationships start changing where I'm like, I don't, you, you, you don't want to bring that kind of like corporal punishment mm. or guilt or any of that kind of, or canceling people like into interpersonal relationships. Cause like that feeds into larger structure of, of, um, you know, prison abolition and, and all that. So yeah. Where was I going? Sorry. <laughs> I went on a massive tangent. <laughs> oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but Yes, yes. So you think of like the world that you want to live in and you want to live in like a world where brown bodies are celebrated and, you know, all kinds of sizes. And then suddenly it just happens. You know, it opens up new worlds. It opens up new relationships. Um, 
And I, I think that's the power of desire. Mm. No, that's true. It's really interesting. I guess like I was saying, I haven't really ever, till I was an adult where I felt like it was okay to desire something and go for it or, you know, yeah. like, or believe in it, believe that that was even something that could be achieved. Mm. You know, like, you know how you have those kind of thoughts or, yeah, like wants or desires that are like, they almost feel kind of far away to you, like unachievable, yeah. you know, unattainable. And you're just kind of like, oh, well, I'll never reach it, you know, like, oh, just won't think about it again. So that is really interesting. And it also ties back to, you know, the fact that you are using, in particular in that work, um, you know, a biblical tale, which is incredibly, as we know, um, moralistic. The Bible is very, very moralistic and, and very black and white in um, those kinds of ways. Um, have you referenced the like biblical tales before or, um, I, I do love the Bible because there is a lot of drama and a lot of things that really don't make sense, but I feel like there's a lot of room there to, um, kind of have fun with it. Mm. Um, Marcus Whale and I also are obsessed with the idea of Lucifer and I guess also the, the, you know, potential for reading Lucifer in a in a queerer mm. lens um so yeah so I'm always looking for opportunities where especially if it if it if it's you know original or most dominant reading of it is sinful mm. yeah. because I, I don't think there are many things in the world that are wrong mm. yeah I mean it's so I love also, to flip. Yeah, it's also interesting because, you know, the Bible... I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, it's also like, you know, the Bible can also be and has been in history, as we know, with, with various, like, zealots and things, um, interpret it in hmm. ways, you know, like, it, it is kind of vague-ish in certain instances, and but people will say, you know, like, oh, specifically, this sentence meant we should not in, like queer people, you know, like, yeah. but then someone else could read it. Like you're saying yourself, you could go to it and look at it through the lens of, of the world that you live in and that you want to live in. And actually it could mean something different. Totally. You, you know, and I think that that's, there must be so much um, fodder in the, the Bible for that. Like, Absolutely. especially desire. Oh, um, started, really. What was that? I said, I've only just started. Yeah. Um, I think also my mom being Filipino and being, um, you know, Catholic mm. and having a very, well, Christianity in the Philippines is so colorful, you know, yeah. I feel like it's, yeah, it doesn't have to be too serious. Mm -mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's very interesting in, in the context of, um, the prize also, and, uh, just in the context of, again, the school and also uh, just the world in general, you know, like everyone's exploring different issues in their works in the show. And I think that like, there shouldn't be things we shouldn't touch on, you know? Like, yeah. Um, and I, I, I like that you just wind it. That was great. And oh, it's up. I didn't even realize that it would be, there would be an issue with it. Oh no, I don't think they had an issue. I was just like, Oh yeah. Like in my head, like none of us actually said anything. And none of them is yeah, yeah, yeah. to me. But I was like, 
Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> like getting my popcorn to so people say it. Um, and I guess uh, I also wanted to ask that you employ a lot of different mediums in your work. You know, you've had a lot of installations, there's been neon, there's been like um, hanging works, like images, vinyl, wallpapers, things like that. But often I do feel like in most of your work, there's at least an image, you know, whether it's still or moving. Um, and I was wondering, is there a reason why you're drawn to the image? Oh, um, I think that's just definitely the most interesting, you know, thing about life and art um, is like people and relationships. Um, and yeah, that's what I want to see. I just want to see like bodies, um, and all kinds of bodies. And yeah, that's, that's the most, um, compelling story mm. to me. Yeah. 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 Um, can you give us any, like, what are you working on? What are you working oh, on? Oh, what am I working on right now? Yeah. Um, I am studying another leather piece. Oh, cool. This time actually no images of people, but an image of, uh, of a daisy in flames. And oh. I'm, I'm kind of like making a new body of work that's like, well, on this, on this desire tangent, mm. but yeah, just trying to take it to the edges and in, in using different mediums. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds very so, beautiful. Yeah, it's a little daisy wilting mm -hmm. in flames. Oh wow, that's um, <laughs> that's very a very powerful image, as we would say. Um, something a little bit uh, naughty about that, you know? Daisy's yeah. very pure. It's on fire. It's got a real cartoonish element, element, element in it as well. Oh, I'm very yes. intrigued to see it. Is it going to be up anywhere or are you just working on making stuff and then you'll... Yeah, for the first time, I, well, not for the first time, but for the first time this year, I'm just, I just want to make some stuff. Um, however, it's very loud because you have to punch all the holes with oh. a hammer. Oh. And cut it with a, so I can't really do it in my apartment. So I've drawn it out, but I haven't started punching it out. Oh. I don't know when to do it. What about, like, is it... Is it really, really loud? Yes, and it's really repetitive. I'd done it once in my old share house and the neighbors came yeah. and I was like, can you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I know, I know that it will be trouble. Can you... Take it out to the street? Yeah, or like, <laughs> do it at Campbelltown? True, maybe I could do it at Campbelltown, a little studio. Mm. Um, what other things do I have to say about um the work i don't think i i do i feel like we covered a lot yeah um, also I mean, in the show what was it, it was a lot of fun yes uh i i hope that we can see it me too 